call it to order. There, a motion to approve the minutes. Motion to approve. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Right. Item three public discussion of any items on, not on the agenda. All right. Scout project proposal, and I suppose that is here the one. Hello, thank you for letting me present my idea for my Eagle project. My Eagle project plan is to build and install interpretive signs for. Hunters Run Park. Uh, one sign that I was specifically requested to make is what I'm talking about the Monarch Way Station. That's a, an example of, of a sign similar in design to our sign. Uh, uh, Yeah, you have to go for interpretive sign into this 
Well, I mean, benches were better for that, and there were already enough benches at the park. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to that park to receive more attention. More attention. And while I was away, away on vacation at a, at, uh, at another place, I don't remember what the exact destination the area would be, but I saw signs like, hmm, that would actually be a pretty good idea. What's that? You have a timeline? Uh, uh, kind of when you hoping to have that ready? Yes. Uh, our, our, we plan to have them installed uh, 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 by the end of April. Oh, okay. The, 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 uh, the, uh, May also. Sure. <laughs> Um, 
trees that leaf out in the spring and you think are, oh, it's probably going to be okay by the fall sometimes, um, they're looking really bad. So those are kind of the challenges. Um, we have uh, received uh, you know, guidance around council to, uh, to treat some of the ash trees. So three years ago, we started treating. Um, and that first year, we identified just over 400 trees that we wanted to treat. Um, we have a contractor. Um, it's True Green. Um, they went through the RFP process, and they, uh, they received that bid. Um, and they treated 394 of those. There were a few of those that they deemed were not worthy of treating in their professional opinion, so they, um, they did not treat, I think it was six or seven um, total. So we, we had ID about 400. So 394 of those were treated in 2019. And then we searched really hard in 2020 to add to that number. Um, but by that time, the impacts were already you know, pretty widespread around town. We were able to find 117 more trees to treat. Um, and so those 117 plus the 394 represent the ones that you know um, uh, we deem as worthy of being you know, treatable, um, uh, really high um, visibility streets or streets that had as much shade and had trees that were in still good enough shape. Um, uh, ones that uh, Mark Vitosh, the uh, DNR District Forester, went out and looked as well to help us, especially with that first 400, um, and uh, um, really provided some extra guidance outside of uh, um, our uh, staff who are um, uh, certified as um, arborists. Um, of those first 394 from 2019, um, 360 were treated this year. So you can see treating, say most of them, at least for that period, because um, it's a two-year cycle that you treat, so every other year we're switching back and forth between these trees. Um, but 34 still died um, in that amount of time. Um, the trees are always going to be mortal, um, at least as far as I know. So um, we did see some loss. Some of that was uh, due to they were just in too much decline and the treatment didn't have the impact that, uh, that we would have hoped. Um, some of those, you know, could have been storm damage or a few that were probably removed because of projects um, or utility work or things like that, that, you know, um, we're constantly having trees uh, um, be impacted by those different things. So um, currently no more candidates that we have found for treatment, um, and especially now that we're seeing more and more damage, um, it's, it's hard to, uh, hard to bring those trees back. Um, we'll continue to, to treat as long as um, the budget is, is put forth by council and that's what, uh, what they request of us to do. Um, and we'll keep reevaluating those um, trees that are there. Um, ash trees don't just have emerald ash borer to worry about their other diseases that have always been present in them. Um, so um, there are other things that can even impact them um, still. Um, and then, like I said, many privately owned ash trees around the city are, are dead or dying right now as well. Um, housing inspection services, uh, as they become hazards um, and are identifiable, will consult with us for expertise. But um, homeowners will get a letter then if they become that, that hazard or, or nuisance uh, type of tree um, to keep you know their property and, and surrounding properties safe. Um, so I know that'll be an impact. Um, probably well beyond when we get
get most of ours dealt with because there are some some large ashtrays around town and um, it's it's uh, not a small undertaking. Um, so that's Ashford. Does anyone have questions on Ashford before I move on to the next slide? What if the property owner can afford to pay yeah. the removal of their tree? Good question. Um, that has come up and has come up as recently as today, that question. Um, I don't know. We don't have any budget that has been allocated for that at this point. I don't know if council has a certain desire on um, what uh, might be funding options for that or, um, I mean, like if a sidewalk needs repaired and the homeowner doesn't, um, doesn't replace it, usually that gets put back on the taxes and it's paid for in that way. The um, housing inspection services will contract that out and then they, um, the homeowner pays that off over whatever that payback time is. So um, that might be the case, um, but I'm not an expert on their kind of working, so I don't know all the answers to that, I guess. Yeah, good question though. It, there, they can be thousands of dollars per tree, depending on the size. Um, we, you know, we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in forestry budget every year on right-of-way trees, so it can be, be high expense. Is there going to be a point where the treatment is just... Uh, the treatment should work. If you, if you continue to treat, the treatment should work as long as the tree wasn't too much impacted at the beginning. So I would imagine we'll continue to see you know a handful each year drop off that list just because the tree has other issues or something comes up. Um, but I would imagine you know if they make it through the first couple rounds of treatment, they're probably not going to be impacted as much by EAB as something else. That's a good question. Are there steps that some of these private homeowners should be made aware of with proper disposal of some of these trees? Yes, good question. Spread? Yes, good question. At this point, most of the counties in Iowa have reported um, and relaxed for You don't want to take it across state lines by any means, but you know, hauling it to the landfill or whatnot, it, like most people would do, is fine. Um, you know, Using it for you know your, your backyard fire pit in yeah. a legal way is, is fine as well, things like that. Um, but yeah, people shouldn't be taking it across state lines. Um, but um, yeah, good question. Um, other than that, it's, it's basically the same removal process. If you wait too long to remove them, um, when the special removal companies don't like that because when they go to remove them, any branches that hit the ground shatter into millions of pieces more cleanup time. So typically the sooner you treat them or the sooner you remove them when they need to be removed, um, the cheaper your price can be. It, it kind of depends, but um, you'll have a happier uh, contractor removing than you would if it was dead for quite a while. So yeah, good question. I think you may have addressed this in the past and I forgot, but what is there a point of diminishing returns? Like if, if these trees need to be treated Perpetually every yeah. two years. Is there a point where it's just best to cut our losses and put something else in there? Yeah, that's a good question. That's kind of the route we were taking before our current council guidance on it. Um, what the current guidance has gained us really is, is extra time on these, you know, 500 or so trees. Um, so that's really been beneficial that way. Yeah, there may be a time 
Uh, and if council decides not to fund it at a certain point, um, that may be the route we take then. Um, but uh, a, like when the contractor didn't treat the first you know, six or seven um, in that first round, they're going to help monitor those as well. And uh, a honest contractor is not going to treat something that they know is, is not going to hopefully until the next cycle. I mean, they're not going to get it right all the time, but, um, but they're going to do a pretty good job. Professionally, you know, that ethics um, helps as well. Good question. Any others? Okay. EAB is always the, the big topic right now, but um, we started up the Tree Advisory Committee again. We had a little bit of a um, downtime with it with uh, all the COVID happenings and transition between Zach and I, um, but we're meeting again quarterly. Um, the idea is to share ideas, collaborate, um, you know, ideas on public outreach, industry news. Um, we expanded um, the uh, number of members to 10, so we have three city staff, that's myself, uh, Josh who's our assistant superintendent, and Ray Lynn who's our senior maintenance worker in forestry. And we've got uh, two staff uh, slash faculty from the university. We've got school district staff, uh, county staff member, um, DNR staff, that's Mark Bittosh, our district forester. Um, and he'll be, he's scheduled to be there next meeting, so he'll get to meet some of the other new members for the first time. And then uh, our first commission members, so thanks uh, Alex and Melissa for your help with that. It provides another insight that we don't necessarily have with the others on the, the group. So um, I think it's one well the extended group. We've been able to make more of those regular connections with other industry um, professionals as well and bounce those ideas off of each other. So that's kind of an overview of that. Anyone have any questions on commission or committee? Um, anything like that? Okay. So tree planting, so for removing trees, obviously, we're trying to plant as many as possible. Um, this year has been uh, by far the most trees the city has ever planted. Um, we had spring planting numbers of 374 trees. Um, and fall planting numbers, this is if all the contracted projects get completed. I know our infill project, uh, um, that contract is well on its way to being completed. I do know this big long stretch on Scott Boulevard, that's behind schedule right now. Um, so hopefully um, that gets all completed. They still have a little bit left to do in the Mackinac Village area as well, the trees that they didn't have this spring. Um, so those are two large pieces. Um, a total of almost 1,200 trees. Um, we usually plant around 400 a year, um, so that's you know three times the number. Um, the challenge now is uh, you know managing those trees, keeping them watered. Um, we're using things like water bags where we can. We've converted every sort of water holding piece of equipment to help uh, water. We hired additional temporary staff this summer to help water. Um, so that's been a big focus uh, um, with these new trees. Um, other locations, I talked a little bit about the first two, Magnon Village, Scott Boulevard. Um, that was one large project. Um, Court Hill Park and Tawanis, Willow, and Villa are rotary projects. So Court Hill was this spring, and uh, 
from Saturday. Um, Quantas Will and Little Parks will get 100 um, more trees, helping which uh, Rotary's helping plant. Um, Talked a little bit about general infill planting that's on schedule. Um, that contractor has probably three quarters of that 110 trees in, um, and with probably the finish next week or the following week. Um, Weatherby Park, we did uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before, I think. <laughs> Trying to remember, but we planted 42 trees there um, with the help of volunteers. That was a, a good success, and that had a a grant that went along with that. So I think I got maybe a couple more. Projected numbers for next year, a little bit less. We had a little bit extra capital improvements funding this last year because it rolled over from the previous year. So that really large uh, contracted planting project will be about half the size of last year. So we still hope to plant, you know, that's almost two times the number we were um, planting before, um, but it won't be quite that same number and it'll also help us keep up on those, those trees will need watered again, hopefully not as heavily, but in their second year. Um, proposed locations for some larger plantings. Um, Rotary has another project um, for spring that they've got great money for. We hope to probably do Scott Park. It has a lot of nice uh, open space. We've lost a lot of uh, um, trees near the, the parking area recently. Um, so that'd be a, a good potential. Um, the Langenberg Avenue and Russell Drive neighborhoods. The Langenberg goes uh, east-west, uh, Russell goes uh, um, north-south. Um, that's kind of the general neighborhood um, there. We've had a lot of requests for trees um, in that area. It's a newer neighborhood. Um, we're looking to get a, a good large planting there. And then once again, we'll do general infill planting, which tends to be in the older parts of town, especially where we've lost a lot of trees during the duration. So we're trying to fill those back in at the same time. And then people, as they request trees in the right way, that falls into that as well. So we get, we probably have just a couple of calls a week um, of trees that people want to um, have put in. So at least during the main season. Okay. So here's some pictures of those volunteer projects. Um, we couldn't have done a lot of those large plantings without the volunteers, so um, it's been a big help. And it's a good way to you know, get people excited about trees and involved. Um, so like I said, Rotary Club is planted. Um, we have the University of Iowa students. Uh, Master Gardeners uh, helped us out a lot um, this couple weekends ago with the planting. So. Um, and then we've had donations from Rotary totaling about nine grand, um, and Master Gardener's uh, project. Uh, um, we did that in conjunction as well with the DNR, um, and that was five thousand dollars from them um, for a duration recovery grant. Congrats. Perfect. <coughs> Are you fancy that? Are you just going the arrow or forward? Yes. Okay. Hello, everybody. I wanted to uh, provide an update on the first year of our Root for Trees program. So, um, did any of you take part in this last year? Steve, I know I saw your uh, application yeah. this year. So, <laughs> did not I just hear, but a number of neighbors did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so we, so we got done on our first year, so we ran um, October 15th, 2020 through um, May 15th of this year. 
First time doing this, so we were thinking that, you know, first year through, we were going to be kind of ironing out some different things. Maybe it didn't work. Um, but it actually turned out to be a, a really great year. The whole concept behind the Root for Trees program um, was actually a concept uh, that was devised, believe it or not, before the Great Show. Um, it actually lined up perfectly with that, with a lot of trees coming out, and we we're offering this program to offer an incentive for people to plant trees, but we had $50,000 budgeted for last fiscal year to be able to do this program. And so we, we ended up settling at 50% vouchers for people. There's a little buy-in from, from folks uh, to make sure that they're taking care of the tree, planting the tree, um, watering the tree, doing all the things that you would expect when they're making the investment also. Um, so folks would be able to go onto our website, um, submit an application, we would send them a voucher. Most people received a 50% off voucher of a tree up to a total tree cost of $250. Anything beyond that was their own expense. Uh, we did have an income eligible option out there as well. So for those that qualified, uh, we sent them a 90% off voucher, which was a savings of $225 off a $250 tree. So we did have some folks take advantage of that as well. But the whole, the whole concept behind the Roof of Trees was to really kind of spur some um, different tree diversity within the community and really encourage people to go out there, plant a tree, maybe try to investigate a different type of tree than what they're used to. Uh, we, we didn't have any limitations in the first year, so we were just kind of curious to see what types of trees would come back when people were purchasing, so we were tracking all of that information. And uh, the results were pretty interesting. So um, we partnered with uh, Iowa Landscape and Garden Center and Barome, the two Iowa City nurseries and had, had a great success. We pitched the idea, Tyler and I uh, called him up. This was kind of in the height of, of COVID and everything was still going on, so of course we had a, a telephone call with them. Uh, couldn't really meet them face to face, but pitched the idea of what we wanted to do. Say, if you guys can put this into your system, when people come in with these vouchers, they'll be very clearly identified. Provide 50% off, send those vouchers to us, make sure you track what uh, type of tree was purchased. We had their name already and each voucher had a uniquely identified number so that we could really match that up with the address that we were sending out um, and also helped to prevent duplication as well. Um, and, and we had great success. Both, both nurseries were, were on board with it right away. It didn't take a whole lot of convincing. So when it was all said and done, we had a lot of people go through the fall. Um, initially, we had a big, a big push, and then during the winter months, it was pretty slow. We weren't getting a lot of applications in. And then in the spring, we had another big rush as people were, were looking to plan. Um, all in all, we received uh, 543 applications. 23 of those applications were not from Iowa City residents, so they were not qualified to, to be able to participate in the program. Um, 505 were uh, sent a 50% off voucher, and 15, we had, we had quite a few more people that applied for the income eligible option but just did not qualify for that. So 15 were actually sent out that were the 90% off vouchers. Um, we saw our, our redemption rate, 333 vouchers of those 543 were, were redeemed with a 64% redemption rate. We were really kind of making a push there at the end of the year saying, hey, we noticed we haven't turned in your, your voucher yet. Make sure you get to the store. Um, we also uh, ran a thing with the um, Climate Sustainability Office here within the city and the Green Iowa AmeriCorps. 
They offered anybody that had not yet planted a tree in the spring the service of helping them to do that. And they, they had a number of people take them up on that offer. We decided not to offer that right off the, right off the bat here this year because the, the nurseries that we do work with, they do offer that as another service. So we don't want to really be advertising that too much. But uh, we did have some folks, especially some that were really able to plant the tree themselves, take advantage of that offer. So the distribution, you can kind of see how we, how we ended up with, with Iowa City. When I first saw this map with the University Heights right there, I was like, oh, hopefully I did not send off too many messages to the University Heights area. There was one that I sent off that ended up being in University Heights. So that was on me. But, um, but everything else turned out pretty good. And it's pretty good, pretty good mix. I mean, when we're sending those out, we're really taking the applications from any Iowa City resident. So it was, we weren't really sure how that distribution was going to play out, but kind of interesting to see that heat map. <clears throat> and this is what, this was the breakdown of all the different types of trees. And obviously, I'm not sure on the nomenclature here, uh, here but, it, but it's, a, it's not species, is it? Uh, this would be broken down by genus. Genus, yeah. So the species would be, Within, within the maples, for example, we had a lot of maples. 70, 70 of those trees were maples. Um, there's a lot of different species within that that were, that were selected and so on and so forth down that list. Um, this year, year number two, we ended up um, not permitting maple trees and pear trees. Maple trees, obviously, because that's the one that people automatically go to. Trying to trying to avoid an EAB situation, you know, as much as we can, really increase the tree diversity within the community. Um, and then pear trees for a variety of other reasons. It's not that they were the most popular on this list, but um, a variety of other reasons to just kind of steer away from them. And then this is what the distribution looks like. There's there's so many different types of trees. It's really kind of hard to match up those colors. We had about 50 different types of trees, um, genus of trees that we uh, that were purchased. So, but again, it's colorful. Kind of shows you where everything was at. Um, we're in the year two right now, and so far we have distributed over 210 vouchers. Uh, we started a month earlier this year, so we started September 15th. We're still in May 15th. Um, but off to a good start there. And then um, last year, in our first year, we had a $50,000 um, budgeted for this program, and we ended up uh, reimbursing $35,000. So, um, so even with all those trees, we still have a lot of room to, to go. So that's our goal this year, so get that up, get that number up. Um, you know, we'd like to see the, the uh, reimbursement or not the, not the reimbursement rate, but the um, redemption rate go up, you know, 64%. So basically two out of every three that we're sending out were redeemed. But I think some people forgot about them. Some people were emailing me a day, a week, a month, two months after the deadline, asking if they could still redeem them. We kind of made it a hard deadline just so that we didn't have those trickling in. But we said, we, at that point, we knew in May we were going to be doing this again. We said, uh, go ahead and reapply next year. Any questions on the, the 
Root for Trees program. So I'm going to be going into our recreation master plan update. So um, everything's going well right now. We are in the um, public engagement uh, input gathering time time frame of our of our master plan. I haven't forgotten about both of you um, for our steering committee. We just haven't had another meeting, um, but we'll probably be doing that towards the end of November or first part of December. Uh, once we get the first phase of community input and feedback back, we've been gathering that through a variety of different ways. So, <coughs> so our staff has been going out um, in, in public settings and gathering input face-to-face uh, -face from folks within the community. Uh, we've been doing some of our rec and rolls, which are like many party in the parks, uh, but we've been doing those on Sundays at a variety of different parks throughout the community, trying to get to a lot of different neighborhoods. Um, we've done the farmer's market. We did the soda fest that was um, in the north, um, north of downtown, kind of right up against the October fest that they were doing. And we had a lot of, lot of engagement there, a lot of engagement at um, farmer's market. We have done the, uh, the climate fest so we got a lot of feedback there. We're still planning on getting into the library, pet um, mall, probably outside some grocery stores, um, trying to get to a variety of different areas where people are not necessarily there for the recreation side of things, um, but still wanting to get their input nevertheless, because that's a big part of this study is not only asking people that participate in our programs, go out to our parks, uh, what, do you, what do you like about parks and recreation, what can we, what can we do to improve, but um, also asking people that don't participate in parks and recreation and finding out, hey, how can we better meet your needs? So that's one way that we're gathering input. The second way is through, we have a project website that's set up, um, Social Pinpoint is the name of it. And we have a variety of different surveys that you can go on, anybody within the community can go on and take these surveys. I actually have a, a homework thing for all of you. <laughs> I'll explain what these are. Those stacks down. So we have a website that's set up uh, to gather community feedback. And we have um, surveys that ask questions about, for current users, that ask a lot of questions about kind of like what they like, what they enjoy, what they want to see. But we also have a survey on there for non-users, really trying to gather some we're pointing questions towards that side of thing. What are some barriers to, to participating in recreation um, that you experience both on the facility side and the, and the recreation side? What can we do to improve to better meet your expectations? We have a question about City Park Pool. That's been a huge hot, hot topic item, as you would expect. The future of City Park Pool, we're 72 years old, and we've got, we're, we're putting some band-aids on that thing. So we're gonna have to figure out what to do in the future and as soon as you mention that to people, people are like, we don't want you to do anything. We want you to keep it exactly like it is. It's like, well, <laughs> that's not really possible. Pools are not really meant to last 72 years. But we want your opinion on, do you want to see something similar to what we have right now? Because I think a lot of people really appreciate the City Park Pool for, for, those, for those features. You know, big wide open area, lots of swimming space. Or do you want to see something more along the lines of um, some of the aquatics that are set? that are going up, where you have the water slide and the lazy river and some of those other amenities. 
So we're, we're really trying to get a lot of feedback from folks on what their opinions are in that regard. Um, and so there's a variety of other things too. Uh, I would encourage you all to, to go to that website and check it out if you haven't done so already. Um, the cards that I gave you, you can be like Santa. These are, are free swim admissions for daily swim admissions. There's 25, I think, in each of your packs there. Give them out to whoever might enjoy coming to our pool and swimming, but also might be able to provide some feedback to us on, um, on parks and recreation, especially the recreation side of things. So on the back side of that swim pass, there's a QR code, but there's also the website that you can go to to access the um, to access the social endpoint website to be able to take those surveys, and so for all of our friends at home uh, that want might want to take the survey, it's icgov.org/recreation. That's not actually the website for this, but there's a link to that that will take you to that website. So encourage people that that might have an interest in sharing their opinions. We really want to know what people are thinking. So far. On that website, we've gotten, um, I think, 500 or 900, 550 surveys taken, 950 different interactions. Because we have like an ideas wall, we have a comment section, we have a lot of different things there. So we've gotten about 1,000 people that have um, already submitted feedback on that. So that's what we're wanting. So we have about a month, a month left for that. So we're probably going to wrap that up first or second week in November. Um, some of the other ways that we're gathering input, uh, we're going to be doing some focus groups at the first part of November. We have probably eight or nine different focus groups that have some kind of specific themes um, with their makeup. And getting them together, we're going to have our consultants leading those, um, the majority of those focus groups. And so they're really trained in being able to get the information that they need for that. Uh, so we have a variety of times <coughs> set up that, for that. It, it was really important for us to have some evening times for that, so we do have some, some of that set up as well. So we'll be having that first part of November. We also have a statistically valid survey that's ready to be sent out. We are working with uh, ETC Institute is the name of the place. I'm, I'm not sure what that acronym is for, but um, that's who we've been working with on designing this survey. Uh, and this is going to be our statistically valid survey. Uh, that's going to be, I think we have a target of 400, 400 or 500 people through that survey. And then once we get the results back from that, we will make that survey available to the public uh, to be able to go on and take, just so that they have the ability to be able to have their feedback heard as well. It won't, it won't count towards the statistically valid part of it, but they can still go on and, and, and answer a lot of the questions that they have. So looking forward to kind of getting the feedback about all these different things. So that's, that's our phase one. So once our phase one is all compiled, um, and we have, we can start to kind of digest some of that data, we'll be putting that together, and this is where the steering committee will be able to help us as well, is package that in a way that we can have some variety of different public input sessions so that the public then has a chance to come back out and um, be able to provide some additional feedback on some of the data that we've, that we've gotten. Also, the ability for us to maybe be able to answer some questions or find clarification on some things that maybe we weren't quite understanding or we didn't quite get the feedback that we were, that we were needing or to, to make a clear direction uh, and a roadmap for, for moving forward. So 
that's kind of where we're at for that. Uh, and next year, obviously, it's more like the, all that stuff just being put together in, in the report we made. So, any questions on recreation master plan right now? For passing out the cards, or just one per household? Or is that you can do several. Okay. Yeah. If you need more, let me know. I'd okay. be happy to provide some more. Okay. I'll mail some right out to you. Great. Okay. Yeah, so give them, give them away like candy. We, it's no, they're, they're swim passes, but hopefully we're getting people into the pool that might not otherwise come here to. That's the way that we look at that also. And there's no expiration on those. So just really, when you're giving it to them, I would just encourage them to go to the website to check it out. Yeah. Great. So. Hey, there you go. Get the parents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any questions on that? You said feedback is being collected for the first or second meeting in November. Yes. So, so our uh, focus groups will be. I think we have dates set up for like November second, third, fourth, so that week. And then we'll probably, depending on kind of where we're at with everything, we may potentially extend that another week. There's no set like date where our, our pinpoint website goes off. We haven't really talked about that at this point. So there's some flexibility with, with that. But that's, that's what we're targeting. Any other questions? Okay. All right. So now I'm moving on to taking uh, my job. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Item seven, reports from city staff. Right. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. So right now we've got a dehumidification project going on over at Mercer. Uh, so Mercer Pool is closed down. The gym is still open. The facility is still open. Brad, do you think that there's an AC project here at the Robert Lee Center? <laughs> We've been having some issues. Yes. <laughs> Might be a little chillier, but we liked the idea of having an open air event 
Uh, we've got a lot of partners that are involved with this. We're going to have a variety of carnival games. We're going to have, I think we have eight or nine different stations set up for different crafts activities. I think there's like an alien autopsy. Um, you know, all kinds of things, Halloween. We've got police, fire coming out as well, the bookmobile. So we're trying to trying to integrate a lot of different partners into this event, but we're looking forward to it. Um, that's going to be from 5 to 7 on uh, Friday, the October 29th. And then right after that, uh, film scene, partnered with them. They're going to be showing Focus Focus on the come along. So that'll be, a, that'll be a cool event. That's really all the updates I have. Any, any questions? shelter probably won't be in, but they'll have everything ready to put the shelter in. 
And the playground's a separate piece of that project, so I don't know if there's, you know, what the status is on it, possible delays are with that. Um, but that's kind of the manufacturing climate we're in right now, so um, expect to see some of that. But the paths and everything, um, the creek access, stuff like that should be in, so the, the, the things that take longer um, will be done for that. Um, I think those are kind of the main highlights. Anyone have any questions on any parks related? Yeah. I'm not sure if this is parks related, but maybe your brand can answer this question. It's a follow-up from the last meeting, the Montgomery Butler House. Yes. I had asked two, we had asked two things, but I brought them up. Whether the parks budget paid for the roof to okay. that was you know, used to replace, uh, that was replaced some years ago. I'm just curious, are we maintaining that building? And then the other thing we asked staff to look at is what is the, the nature of the Historic Preservation Commission's current interest in that building? Okay. I don't remember exactly, but I think Julie had um, inquired about some of those, those pieces, and I don't know where that sits. So maybe um, next meeting, um, and Tammy will make a note of it too, we can check into where that sits. But um, I don't know specifically, you know, I don't know anything you want to get, I guess. Good question, Mom. Anything else from anyone? Great. I don't have anything to report on, so we'll go around the room. Angie, anything on here? No, I did go out there to look at the house, so what, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it's really overgrown, yeah. But I was trying to think of, like I know years ago, we had talked about improving um, access into water, like that's part of our mission is not just lands, but water. And I was just thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was a way to have like that house or whatever, like red canoes or kayaks or something, and then you'd go all the way down to Terry Trueblood. It could be like a little hour float ride down the river. But it's located up on a hill. It's not, it's not lo the location of this house isn't the best location for like improving water access. And you have a roller dam. Two roller dams, I think you have to go over. You wouldn't have dammed. You wouldn't be able to get to There's one by Iowa River Power by the bridge, and then there's another one in Burlington Street. So you have to do two forces. Oh. The one by the University Power Plant, and then the one by the Peninsula, whatever. Well, someone had talked about the Ashton House being whether you could have the Ashton House be like a Probably causing a nuisance 
you know, at least it, it suggests because it needs to be sealed, and I think there was some remark made that it looked like maybe people had been in there, or there was some graffiti. I mean, it feels a little bit like poor stewards of the money, poor stewards of a structure. So I would just be curious to know, did we pay for it? You know, I'm, I'm assuming the answer is yes, that came off the park's budget at some point. Um, and then, what is, you know, if, if it is some feigned interest by the Historic Preservation Commission that is preventing the Parks Department from resolving one way or another what to do with it, I would love to know whether that, like, is stale interest at this point, so they really don't care, it's lingering interest, this is the nature of it, but it strikes me that we should suggest something be done with it. Not necessarily to be torn down, but to be better stewards of it. Anything else then, Chris? Alex? Yeah, I was just thinking more about uh, some of these, just trying to figure out other ways to reach out to groups that might not normally. So I didn't know if there's different associations or HOAs in order to reach out to certain segments of the community to try to get a broader feedback. We, we do. We have, a, we have a list of organizations, nonprofit organizations that we're working on both. Yep. Uh, and a lot of them are, are invited into focus groups too. So um, it, it's, it's kind of a dual purpose for the focus groups when we're reaching out to them. Not only to get a representative um, from their organization to come participate in the focus group, but also to use that as a method for them to be able to let their constituents yeah. know, hey, we've got this opportunity to have our voice heard. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do this. And then the second piece that this reminded me of was just the QR codes, if that's something that we could add to signage as well. Yep. So like, whether it's the Eagle Project or other things in the future to say, hey, should we, you know, just depending on usability and other things that yeah. way. So you can offer more content sometimes on a website than you can. I feel like two years ago, QR codes were something that a yeah. lot of people didn't know how to scan or had never used that before. Now every restaurant you go into, they make you pull that up on your own phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, a lot, I think people are a lot more um, apt to actually use them now. Yeah. So I kind of like that idea. Just something else to consider. Yeah. Ben? Melissa? All right, well then, is there a motion? Motion to adjourn. Alex, second. All right. Two seconds, I'm sorry. Favor of the meeting adjourned.